chapter 17 starting at verse number 22 and this passage of scripture let me just kind of set a foundation so you know where we're kind of at right now the Bible says and in verse number 22 Paul the apostle is at a uh, a place called Mars Hill it's in Athens and Paul is addressing a group of of men, women that are of a particular belief or persuasion. Um, they are there searching for something. They are there looking for something that would fill the void that is in their life. Anybody ever been there before? I've been there before. Trying to fill the void in my life with other things other than what really is designed to fill that void, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we find Paul is here at Athens having a discussion with these people. The Bible says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that hath made the world and all the things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. And had determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitations. Now, I don't speak fluent King James's, and I would think you probably don't either. Amen. Anybody still speaking in the good old King's English? Okay, just making sure. I need you to interpret for me. But what Paul is saying here is this. He's saying, listen, I, I, I need you to understand that this God that you've made an inscription to as the unknown God because you don't know who he is, and, and, and this, this God that, that you think is un unaccessible and that you can't reach, Paul stands up in front of all these people who don't believe and says, you know what, I know who that God is, and that God is none other than Jesus Christ. You know the Jesus that they crucified? That's who is God, and that Jesus is no longer in a grave somewhere, but that Jesus arose on the third day, and he is the only God. Paul is preaching. I mean, he's letting them know he's preaching it hard. You, the, the God that made all of this that you see, the world around you, the God that designed all of this, I know who that God is. You're searching for that God. You're searching for the answers of life, but I know the answer for life, and it's none other than Jesus Christ. But he says, but here's the thing about him. If you want to have access to him, in verse number 27, he says, this is how. He says, you have to seek the Lord. 
if haply they might feel. Someone say feel. Feel after him and find him. Because contrary to what you believed in your little think tank, contrary to what society is telling you, contrary to what everybody else around you is telling you, he is not far from every one of us. Paul said he's right there. He's closer than you think. He's just as close as the mention of his name. But if you want to have access to him, you got to do one thing. You got to feel after him. I want to preach for the next few moments on this title, In My Feelings. In My Feelings. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm in my feelings. Some of y'all are like, yeah, I know. you in your. That's the problem. You're in your feelings too much. <laughs> in my feelings. One more time. Why don't you lift up your hands in this room and let's pray together, shall we? God, I thank you for your power. I thank you for your presence that's in this room. Oh, Jesus, I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. I feel your power. I feel your presence so near in this room. And Lord, I know that in this place there are those that don't know where you are, but today you're going to reveal to them that, that you're so much closer than, than they really think. You're right there, God, and you're there to do a mighty work in their lives. Speak in this place. Let your word, oh God, be that seed that gets in every heart, Lord, and brings forth fruit, for that is his purpose and that is his intent. We give you praise. We give you glory for it, Lord, in the lovely name of Jesus. One more time, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. I have a confession to make this morning, and uh, I just need for this entire auditorium to be a judgment-free zone, okay? Can we just, can we just do that right now? It's like Planet Fitness, judgment-free zone. Amen. This is a because what I'm getting ready to reveal to you right now is something that I am not proud of. Is something that I, I I just I don't tell easily. It's something I'm quite ashamed of, to be honest with you. But I trust you guys so much that I'm just going to I'm just going to bear all this morning. I'm going to tell you something about me that I don't like people to know. Y'all y'all not making me feel any more comfortable right now. I'm just just letting you know. Y'all just staring at me like. Spill the beans, bro. Here's the thing that I don't like sharing with people. I was afraid of the dark until age 18 or 19, and I slept with a nightlight until then. I did. And, and Pastor Josh, to make it even worse, it was like a Flintstone nighty light. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like, that's even worse. It'd be one thing, it's just like a plain Jane nightlight, but it was like the Flintstone nightlight and the whole thing. I did. Because your boy was afraid of the dark. I was afraid of the dark. Because here's the thing that, that I know y'all understand here in TikTok, because y'all out here in the sticks, and that's where I grew up at, in the sticks. Now, now some places I go, they don't understand this. There is a, there, there is a difference between country dark and city dark. Like, these city slickers think they know what dark You don't know what dark is until you've been into the country. Like, country dark just hits different. Country dark is a type of dark where you go outside and you start singing for no reason. You know what I'm talking about? You're going to your car to get something. My God will make a way. So I am not afraid. 
I am not afraid. <laughs> like country dark is a type of dark that, 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 that when you walk outside, you just start running for no reason. Like you can escape the dark, you know, you go out and you're just running. Like, like, like if the harder I run, the, 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 the more the dark is going to not be able to catch me. Can I tell you, the dark is going to be there whether you run or not. It's just there. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. It's country dark. Like country dark is the type of dark that, that, that is so dark outside that you can't see me unless I smile. Where, where's, where's Brother James at? Oh, there he is. Okay, he's smiling. He's smiling. I, I, I see him now. Some of y'all are like, should I really be laughing right now? I don't know. I gave you permission. You can laugh. You can laugh. And all my dark brothers said amen. No, don't say amen. That's what type of dark, country dark is. And so you understand why I was afraid of the dark. You understand why I was afraid. And you know, the worst thing that could happen whenever I was in the dark was when I would be in my room on my 40-day uh, fast just seeking the face of God, uh, praying without ceasing like every normal 16-year-old young man does, just perfect, just seeking the Lord always. And, and all of a sudden, one of my sisters would come in and turn out the light. I mean, nothing would make me go crazier than that. Or, or perhaps there would be a, one of our world-famous southern thunderstorms where, where that lightning and thunder is raging and all of a sudden the electricity is snapped out. And there I am facing the worst fear of my life, darkness. But you know, when that darkness would blanket my room, something very interesting would begin to happen. I wouldn't be trying to figure out who did it. Or why it happened. No, I wouldn't be trying to figure out all the solutions as to why it was dark. No, there is this innate thing that begins to happen. The moment darkness began to blanket me immediately without fail. The moment darkness blanketed my life, I began to feel. Because it is our innate response when darkness begins to fall that we begin to feel. And I just wasn't feeling for some arbitrary thing. I just wasn't feeling at random for something. No, I was feeling for something specific. I was feeling for the light. Because in darkness, our innate response is to begin to feel for the light. Can I tell you that we live in a world that is dark? We live in a world that is incredibly dark. And I don't mean just sin. Yes, sin has caused for the world to be dark. But it's so much more than that. Our world is heavy. Our world is dark. Our world is despondent. Our world is detached. There seems as if there is no hope from the darkness around us. Can I tell you that because the world is dark, that we have a place that we are in right now where people are searching for something. And they're not just searching searching for something random. They're not just searching for something arbitrary, but no, they're searching for something specific. They're searching for a light. They're searching for a hope. They're searching for a remedy that could free them from the darkness that is around them. And can I preach to you and remind you that there is a light in this world. There is a hope beyond this world. And that hope is none other than Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
You see, that's why I'm no longer afraid of the dark that surrounds me because I have a God that is an everlasting light. That's why I'm not afraid of our culture and our society. That's why I'm not afraid of the dense, dark things of this world because I have a hope, I have a light, I have a future, and that is none other than Jesus Christ. I've come to preach to somebody. I don't care how dark it is, you have a light. I don't care how hopeless it is, you have a light. I don't care how despondent you feel, how detached you feel. There is hope for you, and his name is Jesus Christ. Do I have anybody that can testify? He's an everlasting light. He's my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Even when the wicked and the enemies tried to come and destroy me, the Lord was my light and my salvation. And I will not be afraid. I will not be dismayed. I will not fear. Because I have a light. In the midst of a dark world, in the midst of a dark society, I have a light. That's what darkness does. You think this has happened at random? No. I would pose to you today that the God of, our crea- of all creation has allowed the world to get as dark as it is right now. Because the darker the night, the brighter the light. The darker the night... It becomes abundantly clear that there is only one hope. I've tried to put my hope in other things and they failed me. I tried to put my future in other things and it didn't work out for me. I tried to trust in other things and it failed me and let me down every time. But when I came down to an altar, repented of my sins and put my trust in Jesus, the light began to come on in my life. I began to see clearer. I began to see things that I couldn't see before. Things in my life began to brighten up. And why? Because there is a light in his name there's nothing else in this world that can satisfy your soul but Jesus he is that light when it's dark we begin to long to feel for something and it is that longing and that desire to feel something that connects us to God in a way that otherwise would not be possible Here's the thing I need you to know. God made you with feelings. In my feelings is where I experience God. But here's the thing about feelings. God isn't the only one who can cause you to feel and experience things. He isn't the only one that is able to affect your feelings. Yes, he's the only one that can ultimately turn on the lights. He's the only thing that there is not one thing. There's not one relationship. There is not one ounce of money or fame. There is nothing in this world that can satisfy you and turn on the lights to illuminate the dark but Jesus Christ. But I would tell you there are things that can affect your feelings. There are things that can cause for you to to get in your feelings. Feelings. Are a powerful, powerful thing. I remember the first time, Pastor Payne, I really got to know how powerful people's feelings were. I was about 10 years old, going to youth camp. It's probably my second or third time going. And 
I realized that, that I was not too afraid to talk to the ladies at the youth camp. Some of y'all are, y'all are judging me right now. I told you judgment-free. See, this is what you're thinking. You're thinking Brother James was a player from the days of his youth. I knew it. No, that is not what I said. Quite the contrary. I was a, I was a, a brimming businessman, and, and I saw a market that was untapped, untapped potential. I saw it. There it was right there in front of my own eyes. And I thought, these jokers are so in their feelings. And they're so afraid to talk because if you've ever been to a church youth camp, it is the thing. you got to have a camp girlfriend or boyfriend. Like if you don't have a camp girlfriend or boyfriend, you're just not cool. So they felt the pressure to get them a camp girlfriend, or boy, but they were so scared to talk. And I, I thought, here's what I'll do. I'll get my boy William Jones, and we will charge them 25 cents to hook them up for their camp girlfriend or girl- boyfriend. Now, y'all need to understand, this was like 1999, 25 cents. That was a lot more than it is right now. I know it wasn't like in the 60s or something, but even, y'all know inflation. My Lord, help us. Thank you, Jesus. So for 25 cents, we begin to hook up every, I mean, business was booming, y'all. I'm telling you right now, we had more than we could bark. I mean, we had, they were rolling in one after another. Because people were in their feelings, and you'll do crazy stuff when you're in your feelings. Like give young men 25 cents to hook you up with your camp boyfriend or girlfriend that you're going to break up and never see again for a year. You know, like it's just, it's one of those things. I remember there was this one guy, Pastor Payne. He was, he was, he was a wreck. He came up to me. He said, uh, are, are you the guys? I said, why, yes, we are. He said, I need your help. I said, okay, what you got? He said, you see that red-headed girl over there? And I looked, and there was this beautiful red-headed girl. And I looked at her. And I looked at him. I looked back at her. Looked back. Lord, have mercy. This, I said, this is a tough case. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, this is... This is bad. (laughs) I said, but here's what I can do for you. And, you know, I'm just trying because people do crazy stuff. I'm telling you, they they lose their mind when they're in their feelings. I said, here's what I'll do for you. I said, for $5 and those shades on your head, I'll hook you up with the girl of your dreams, your money back guaranteed. And can I tell you guys something? that They are still married today. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't know. I'm joking. joking. (laughs) Woo! They're like, oh, he's good. He's he's really good. I need need to talk to him. Because people do weird stuff when they're in their feelings, y'all. You ever been there before where you're in your feelings and you think, that that thing that you're feeling after is really going to bring you satisfaction. Because here's the thing. Not only is God able to affect your feelings, your adversary, the enemy of your soul, also is able to affect your feelings. And he knows much more than you and I know sometimes just how powerful your feelings really are. He does. 
And here's what the enemy's desire is. His desire is to pervert what was supposed to be a thing that was supposed to connect you to God. Your feelings. God gave you your feelings. Why else do you think God gave you feelings? You think it's just so you could be connected to those around you? Yeah, that's part of it. But more than anything, God gave you feelings so that you might be able to connect with him and connect with his spirit in a very real and tangible way. That's why God gave you feelings, but the enemy understands that not only is God able to access their feelings, and not only is that, that man or that woman or that girl or that boy or that, 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 that person that you just can't get along with able to negatively affect your feelings, but also the enemy of your soul is able to affect your feelings. And here's what the enemy would desire. If he can get you to focus on other things other than the one thing that can actually turn on the light. If he can get you to focus on up, if he can get you convinced that another relationship is going to satisfy you, if he can get you convinced that another another puff of that of that cigarette or another another drink of that alcohol is the thing that's really going to satisfy you, if he can get you to to be satisfied with with getting more money and getting more this and more that, can I tell you what will happen? The enemy will execute his plan, and that is this: you begin to feel after those things so much, and when those things do not turn on the lights you get frustrated and decide you know what I'm just going to sit down in the darkness and be numb that's the enemy's desire the enemy is a master at using your feelings that's why people are church hurt right now you think that is not a deliberate ploy of the adversary you got another thing coming for you people are church hurt right now because the enemy knows if I can just get them a little bit church hurt if I can get if I can just play with their feelings are fickle feelings will make you do crazy things feelings will make you do stuff that you regret that you know you should not have done but they're powerful and when those feelings begin to tug on you and when those feelings begin to pull on you it's it's just hard to resist. It's hard to deny. And before you know it, you'll sit down in frustration. You say, Brother James, what are you talking about? I, I, let, let, I, want, you to, I want you to hear what the psalmist said in Psalms 143 because this is more than just some story that I'm making up. But listen to what the psalmist is saying. He's crying out to God with desperation. He's crying out to God with hunger. He's, he's in need for God to do something. Listen to what he says. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications in thy faithfulness. Answer me and in thy righteousness and enter not into judgment with thy servant. For in thy sight shall no living man living be justified. Listen to what he says the enemy has done. What is it that you need help from? You're crying out to God with desperation. You're crying out to God with hunger. What is it that you need God to do for you? Listen to what he says. He says, for the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. Listen, and he hath made me to dwell in darkness. He said, can I tell you what the enemy has done? He's deliberately brought me to a dark place. He's deliberately brought, deliberately brought me to a place where there is no hope. I didn't try to get here on my own. I didn't try to get here by myself. I thought that everything was going to be okay. I thought that they had good intentions for me. I thought that the enemy had great plans for my life. But little did I know the entire time he was leading me down into darkness. Little did I know the entire time when I was playing with this and playing with that that there was going to be a day that I was going to wake up and I was going to be encapsulated in darkness and I don't know what to do he says my life has been spitten down to the ground as those that have been long dead and listen this is this is it this is it next verse 
Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. See, this is a natural result of darkness. You want to know why people are dealing with anxiety more than they've ever dealt with anxiety before in 2023? It's because the world is darker than it's ever been. And the darker it gets, the more you get overwhelmed. And the darker it gets, the more anxiety runs rampant. Can I tell you, that's the enemy's desire all along. You think this is just a game? You think this is just random? No, can I tell you, it's not a game. It's not random. But the enemy of your soul has decided this is the way that he was going to lead you down a path of destruction. If I can just get them in the darkness, if I can just get them to a place where they are beginning to feel after other, if I can get them in the darkness, they'll become overwhelmed. And listen. The next thing that happens after being overwhelmed, he says, my heart is, my spirit is overwhelmed, and then my heart is desolate. Another translation says it this way, my spirit is overwhelmed within me, and my heart is numb. I used to be able to feel, but I can't feel anything anymore. I used to be able to respond in service whenever the presence of God was moving, but I can't feel anything anymore. You know why? Because you've been in the darkness and you've been giving your heart You've been giving your mind. You've been giving your emotions to so many other things. And now when you come into the presence of God and God is pulling on your heart, you can't seem to give him anything. You're just numb. You can't feel anything. That's why you can come into the presence of God and not be moved. It's because you've given your feelings and your affections to other things. But here's what I also know the Bible says. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Can I tell some? Somebody right now, I know you may feel overwhelmed. I know the darkness may be caving in around you, but you are not hopeless. You are not by yourself. But if you turn to the rock of your salvation, you can be set free. I've come to preach against anxiety in this room. Anxiety does not have to rule and run your life. Fear is not your future, but you serve a God that is able to set you free. But you got to give him a chance. you got to feel after him. It matters, hear me. It matters what you feel after. It matters what you what you. What you allow to have access to your heart, your mind, your emotions. Here's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants you to be so distracted by the life that you're living. We all have been there. We're feeling after things because we think it's going to satisfy us. Man, if I get another paycheck... I could just get to this pay level. It'll satisfy me. If I just if, if I just find that right perfect, that perfect someone, or, or this perfect this or that, if I just do that, and here we are feeling after the wrong thing, while all the time the light is right there, the switch is right there. All we have to do is completely surrender to God, but we don't want that. We're in the dark, and we're feeling, and we can't see. And as we begin to feel after those things, all of a sudden we become frustrated. I've tried everything. I've tried relationships, and it doesn't satisfy me. I'm still in the dark. I've tried to give my heart and my emotions to my job and it didn't satisfy me. I'm still in the dark. I tried this. I tried that and nothing of it worked. Therefore, you know what I'll do? I'll just sit down here and I'll become numb. I'm done feeling. I'm done feeling. I'll just sit here and I'll never feel 
That's what the enemy desires to do. That's why the culture and the society that we are in right now is so dark. The darkness is not mere happenstance. And I'm not trying to paint some gloomy picture just to paint some picture. But I'm telling you, this is, this is literally what the enemy's tactic and his desire is. If he can get you distracted by everything in this world and thinking that it's going to ultimately bring you satisfaction, can I tell you, there will come a day. It may not be right now. It may not be five years in the future, or it could be tonight. It could be two years in the future. I don't know. But there will come a point in time to where everything that you've been putting your heart, your feelings, your emotions into, you will realize it cannot satisfy you. I don't care how great of a person they are. They cannot satisfy you. I don't care how much money it is. It cannot satisfy you. I don't care how much it does not matter. You'll still ultimately be left in the dark unless you surrender your life and your control to Jesus Christ. And when you do that, can I tell you, you'll find a bright light beginning to shine down in the midst of the darkness. You'll find a bright light beginning to set you free from the doubt, the fear, the worry, the pain that is in your life. Coming to a close. Here's what we find in our scripture text. The Bible says that the Apostle Paul, he comes before these group of men and women here on Mars Hill. And these people are very much in the same predicament that so many are in in our world. They are living in a world that is dark with all types of ideologies that are Contrary to God and to his word. And here's what happened. The Bible says there are two types of people there. You have the Stoics. And Stoics, if you study into it, Stoics were literally people that kind of frowned upon feelings. They did. They, 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 they had gotten to this mental ascent to where they were better than feelings. You know, like they were numb. They were just like the, the, the psalmist here in Psalms 143. They had felt for so long. They had tried so many different things. Why can I not be satisfied? The Bible says they would do this. They would get there on this hill at Mars Hill, and they would talk to one another, and they would begin to spar theologically about 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 is there really a God? Is there really hope in this world? They would have these conversations back and forth. And the Bible says that, that these men, had, had done this so much that they said, you know what, there, there must not be a God. And if he is a God, he's an unknown God because you know what? I felt after so many things. I felt in the darkness and I can't find him. I've searched in the darkness and I cannot locate where he's at. And so they decided in their mind, you know what? There is no God. I'm just going to sit down in this darkness and become numb. I felt after everything. There's nothing there. There's no hope there. There's no future there. I'm just going to be numb. And to all of you who are crazy enough to feel like you can access God through your feelings, to all of you crazy people in the upper room that think that you can lift up your hands and speak in another language, y'all are crazy. There is no, there is no way. Feelings are silly. They're dumb. I felt after everything. That's what these men were. And then you had next to them the Epicureans. And the Epicureans were atheists. They were very much, very similar to the Stoics. They just, they believed that there was no God. There's no way. We felt after everything. 
We've done everything. We've researched everything. We've tried everything. I can tell you with confidence, there's nothing out there. I've tried it all. And here comes the Apostle Paul onto the scene to these types of people. And the Apostle Paul begins to preach to them a message that is so contrary to everything that they had come to believe and hold true. He comes up to them. He says, I know who you are. I know what you're dealing with right now. I know that you're in the midst of complete darkness. I know that you're in, in confusion and you're numb because just like the psalmist, you felt after everything and it didn't satisfy you. You felt after relationships and it didn't satisfy you. You felt after Greek mythology and it didn't satisfy you. You felt after this and after that. You've dabbled in this religion and that religion. You've dabbled in New Ageism. You've dabbled in, dabbled in even witchcraft. You've dabbled in this and that, and it didn't satisfy you. You've done everything, and you still remain in the darkness. But the Apostle Paul says, you know what? I got hope for you today. There is a light. There is something that is able to bring you out of this darkness. There is a God that can bring you out of where you are right now. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And if you'll put your trust in him, he'll set you free. If you'll put your trust in him, he'll deliver you. I know you've tried everything else, but you had tried Jesus. But when you give Jesus a try, he'll change your life forever. There's only one solution to the dark, and its name is Jesus. There's only one solution to the fear, and its name is Jesus. There's only one solution to the anxiety, and its name is Jesus. There's only one solution to the addiction, and its name is Jesus. There's only one solution to the loneliness, and its name is Jesus. I want you to stand all across the room. He says, but here's the thing. If you want to have access to him, this is what you got to do. You got to do the one thing that you swore you would never do again. You got to open your heart. You got to open your emotions. Stoics, I know by definition, you're people that laugh. You've risen to a mental ascent where you don't even believe feelings are valid. Who? Man, the weak-minded are people that, that come up and pray and, and talk to a God that they can't even see or know. Those are for the weak-minded. Those are for the people that are not intellectually adept. That, that, that's not for people who really know this thing. But can I tell you, Paul says, I know it's contrary to what you believe. I know it's contrary to what you said that you would do. But it's exactly what you must do. If you want to experience God, you have to feel after Notice he didn't say you have to feel him. Because you don't have to feel God to feel after God. Some of you are saying, oh, well, I, if I come up to the front and, and, I, and I don't feel anything, it must mean it's not real. No. Uh, uh, no, you, sometimes before you feel God, as a matter of fact, most of the time before you feel God, you must first feel after him. 
And you know what? When you're feeling after him, a lot of times you don't feel anything. When you're feeling after him, you, a lot of times you don't feel goosebumps. There aren't tears flowing down your face. But can I tell you, Paul says this. He says, when you feel after him, what you will come to find sooner or later is that he is so much closer than you think. He is not far my God, he is not far from any one of us. I know right now you might not know where he's at, but he's closer than you think. I know right now you might not know where he is, but can I tell you, he's close. He's near to the brokenhearted. He's near to those that are of a contrite heart. He's closer. I need somebody to hear me right now. He's so much closer than you think. You think he's far from you. You think he does not care about you. You think he does not see you. But can I tell you, he is so much closer than you think. He's here. In the darkness, he's right here. In the pain, he's right here. In the frustration, he's right here. In the heartache, he's right here. But you'll never feel him unless you first get in your feelings and feel after him. Can you imagine? Literally, the, the, the Greek says here, it, it says Paul, when Paul was talking about feeling, it, it, it literally is to feel like one that is in the darkness. That's literally what it means in the Greek to, to, to grope or to feel as one that is in the darkness. Can you imagine if you're entrapped in darkness? feeling for everything feeling in that darkness for the light and not being able to find it but right before your hands getting ready to reach for the dark or reach for the light I mean you're right there you say there, there must not be a light I'm that's what the Bible is saying the Bible is saying don't quit reaching because he's so much closer than you think. He's not far from you. You think he's far out in the distance somewhere because you can't tell where he is in the dark. In the dark, he could be right here. You don't even know it. But, but, but God is saying in this room, he is not far from any one of us. But you cannot feel him unless you first feel after him. You cannot experience him unless you first open your heart, your mind, your emotions and give him a chance. You gotta get in your feelings. You gotta open up your heart. Open up your mind. I've tried everything else. I've tried money. I've tried relationships. I've tried drugs. I've tried alcohol. And it's the darkness that has caused me to try this. But God, in the darkness, I found that these things are not the light. I found that these things will not satisfy. I, I, I'm not any happier now than I was then. And God, I've realized that I'm still in the darkness. And because of that, I need your help. And God said, I'm closer than you think. But you got you to gotta feel after me. Can I tell you, nobody can feel after God for you. It's your decision. I end with this, and I know I've been preaching for a little bit, but I end with this. There was a service I was in about a year or two ago. And this young lady came up to me. She's about 17 or 18, 16, somewhere around there. She said, Brother James, I want you to come pray for my friend. She said, she's never been to a church like this, a spirit-filled church like this before. This is really her, I think her first time was the previous Sunday. So she said, this is her second time being to a spirit-filled church like this. I want you to come and pray for her. 
said, sure. I went over to where she was. I introduced myself. She introduced herself. And immediately after she introduced herself, she looked at me with a fire in her eyes. I mean, this girl was serious. She looked at me and with a fire in her eyes, she said, why can't I feel anything? Why can't I feel anything? Pastor Payne, it was almost as if she was saying, if this is a whole bunch of baloney, if this is a hoax, if y'all are a, bunch of, a whole bunch of crazies and fakes, I'm not in on the joke. I want out. If this is not real, I need you to tell me why it's not real. If I should be feeling something right now, I need you to explain to me why I'm not feeling anything. Everybody else seems to be feeling something, but I'm still in the dark. Why can't I feel anything? I was taken aback for a good two seconds, but then I felt the fire of the Holy Ghost begin to rise up in me. And I looked back at her in the eye and I fired back and I said, young lady, I don't know why you can't feel anything. I said, but I know this, God is not far from you. I said, if you will lift up your hands and repent of your sins, I can't tell you when, but I can tell you this, God will touch you. God will do a, a work in your life. Pastor Payne, she wasn't playing games. She lifted up her hands immediately and began to call on the name of the Lord. She began to ask for God to forgive her of her sins. I mean, her eyes were shut. She was serious, no game. She began to call on the name of the Lord. And can I tell you, nothing happened for the first couple of minutes. Nothing happened for the first three or four minutes. But somewhere around minute five, something began to break. And I thought to myself, she's found it. She's found the light. She's found it. She's found the light. And all of a sudden tears begin to flow down And it wasn't long She was speaking in other tongues As God's spirit filled her Because he's closer than you think I know you can't feel him right now But he's closer than you think I know you don't know where he is right now But he's so much closer But you gotta feel after him 